If you were told today that you only had one week left to live, I'm curious, do you think that you would change anything in the way you would plan to live this coming week? Now, just, I'm going to give you the answer so you don't embarrass yourself, just in case. Yes is the answer. And I know some people are like, no, man, I'm doing everything perfectly, and I do that. No, 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 you would change some things. I mean, come on. We're going to change some things if we realize that the timeline of our life is going from somewhere out in the distant future might li life might come to an end to, no, life's going to come to an end at the end of this week. I mean, at the very least, if you think about it, you... I mean, if your life is ending at the end of this week, you might take an extra day off from work. I mean, you might, right? I mean, seriously, like you'd go to work at all. I mean, come on, that... You, you might take an extra day off from the gym, or you might, you know, stop your marathon training. You know, wouldn't it be kind of pointless to keep going with that? Now, to be honest with you, from my perspective, Training for a marathon is pointless, regardless of how long you're going to live, but that's just kind of a, you know, a personal preference thing. I think if you knew your life was going to come to an end at the end of this week, you, you might make looking for life insurance a priority, finally, you know? It's like, got to call Big Ed, <laughs> or whoever the guy is in that commercial. You, you probably, if I could get a little more serious you'd probably spend some more time with the people you love than you were planning on spending. Which maybe should have us question about how we spend our weeks and our days right now. Perhaps you might talk to God just a, a little bit more than you were planning. Just a little bit, maybe. Right? Do you, do you see what I'm talking about? Some, if the timeline of your life goes from, I know life will be over someday, to it's going to be over in a week, things would change. Here's the reality I, I want to get through in a sentence. And I believe this is a, a marked moment kind of a thought. I believe this is a life-defining or life-redefining kind of thought. In fact, if we're going to use social media to a good ends, I think this is the kind of statement that we should be putting out there instead of a bunch of the garbage that's already out there. And this is the reality I want you to see. When our timeline changes, we change our lives. When our timeline changes, when our perspective about how short or how long our life is changes, we change our lives. And this is obvious in the difference from how I lived as a young person when all that mattered was, was the moment and how I live now as a somewhat older guy, now that I know that there are truly consequences I'm going to experience in my future based upon what I choose to do and don't choose to do today. I mean, even something as simple as that tells me when my timeline changes, I change my life. I, just look at my physical life when I was a younger person. I mean, it's changed so much since I've aged a little bit. When I was younger, when it comes to my physical life and nutrition in particular, I, I used to eat like there was no tomorrow. I mean, it's just, who cares? It tastes good. In fact, I, I grew up in a home that was not that adventurous when it came to cuisine. You know, my parents kind of were raised by poor people who had gone through the depression, and they were very much influenced by that, they raised in poverty, and, and so, I mean, <laughs> their idea of a luxury was like potato soup, you know, lentils, there wasn't a lot of spice involved. In fact, we had something my mom called macaroni and cheese, but there were two real problems with it. Number one, the, the only cheese she used was Velveeta, and that's not, for you parents out there, that's not really cheese, I mean, just so you know. And the second thing is, she didn't put a discernible amount in it. And so it was like, this is macaroni, no cheese, mom. You know, that's kind of how we were raised. So it's not that adventurous in cuisine. 
And so when I, when I got married, Roxanne and I had the freedom to do anything we wanted with food. I mean, anything we wanted with food. And boy, oh boy, we ate like there was no tomorrow. In fact, there was this place called the Quick Corner on the way home from work. And I'd, every night I'd stop there. I'm married. I can eat what I want to eat now, right? And so I'd buy all the junk that mom would never have in our house. And I, 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 we did this a lot. I'd, I'd get a, have you ever had these? Double chocolate covered deluxe grams. Have you ever had these things? Oh my gosh. Elves don't make it. Jesus makes it and sends it down from heaven. I mean, this stuff is really good. And we'd buy these packets of these things. They come in two columns. You know, they're stacked really beautiful. And we'd, come the, and we'd split that pack and I'd eat one side and Roxanne would eat the other side in 10 minutes. And then we'd start on something else. And I mean, we ate like there was no tomorrow. But, you know, I realized there were consequences to that. <laughs> I kept having to buy skinny jeans for a fatter guy. And it, it, things had to change. So... I, just the timeline and the impact of my timeline changed how I would eat. Same thing was true with exercise. Same thing is true with finances. You know, when you're younger, you can just spend all you make plus a little bit more. Who cares, right? But, but then when you live a while, you realize you can't live like that without anxiety and stress and without blowing it. And so, so when the timeline changes and you realize this money's got a bigger impact than how I spend it right now into the future, you start changing how you deal with it, saving, spending, that kind of thing. Really true for me, this timeline and changing my life when it came to relationships. When I was a young dad, I didn't live in the now with my kids very well. Now, don't get me wrong, if you talk to my kids today, because I, I sometimes tell the truth about how I felt about my parenting or now today feel about it, and my kids would get after me and say, you were a great dad, we, we love you, we felt like you were there with us, but you know, there's a difference from being there and being present. And as I look back, I have such deep regrets about the fact that I spent some time with my kids, for sure, they have great memories of that, but I wasn't in the now with them, losing myself in that moment with them. And here's how I kind of felt about it. I mean, my kids were gonna be young forever, you know, I, I kind of felt like, um, I would always have tomorrow with them. But work issues were important, and this dream that I was building was important. But now that my kids are adults, now listen, this is really important. I know I won't always have tomorrow with them as little kids. In fact, here's what I know. I'll never have another tomorrow with them as little kids. They're adults. And those moments where I thought about what I thought was important instead of being in the now with them, I don't even know what they are today, but I do know that I didn't experience all I could have with my kids at those ages. And I have regrets about it. And so I've, I've changed my timeline. I realize I won't always have tomorrow with this season of life. And it's changed the way I am with my grandkids, to be honest with you. I now know I only have these kids at this age for a short time, and I'm trying to cherish this, this season of their lives. It's... It's true, when the timeline of our life changes, we change our lives. Over time, my timeline has changed. And it really has changed me. Here's the reality. When our timeline is wrong, we tend to mess up. We tend to waste time and opportunity and potential. When our timeline is wrong, we tend to, and I mean this with the strength of this word, we tend to play the role of the fool when our timeline is wrong. And I'm not making this up. This is what Jesus calls it and said about it. In Luke chapter 12, you can read his story where he, he talked about the story of the rich in his words, fool. And I'll tell you the story. You can read it on your own in Luke 12. But there was this guy who in, in real world terms went from being, you know, okay, well off, to being profoundly rich. I mean, he had this, in his day, a harvest, uh, but let's talk about it in our terms. It's like this guy bought Bitcoin at $10 a coin, and now it's worth like 11 or 12, depending on the day. This dude's mega rich now. I mean, he hit 
the mother load kind of a deal. That's what happened to him. And he, so he started contemplating, oh my gosh, now that I've got it all, what am I going to what am I going to do? And there are a lot of opportunities, but here's what he said. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my already adequate barns and I'm going to tear down my already adequate dwellings and I'm going, to, I'm going to build all newer and bigger ones and I'm going to stockpile this and I can eat, drink, and be merry forever. To which then God says, you're a fool because what you didn't know is that tonight you're going to die and then what good is all of this? You see, his timeline was wrong. And because he had the wrong timeline, he was making a stupid decision, putting everything in a moment when life is more than a moment. It's eternal. And so he was playing the role of fool, and we do the exact same thing. My, my regret is that the early story of my life is that story, the story of the, the fool. I was trading the eternal for the temporary, but here's the problem I want you to see. This is not just my story it's not just a story, it's our story. Every single one of us makes this bad trade where we trade the eternal for the temporary. But here's the good news. Though this bad trade we've made, wasting the eternal on the temporary, fills us with guilt and shame and regret and leaves us in darkness, you need to know, and this is, this is why I'm up here giving this conversation and having this conversation with you, that failure doesn't have to be final. We can experience a profound change that transforms our whole lives. Our timeline can change so we can change, but we have to change it. So here's the truth I want you to see as we continue in this series called Unseen. When we have Jesus' view of the world, we see everything through the lens of a different timeline. I mean, truly, when we, not when we start talking about Jesus, not when we start singing about Jesus, not when we start doing Jesus stuff, not when we start coming to a Jesus place or listening to Jesus talks, but I'm saying when we, when we change our view to Jesus' view, we begin looking at everything in life through a different lens, through the lens of a different timeline, everything. This is a big deal. We go from from living for the seen to living for the unseen. And it does transform us. I, I, I'll give you some examples of this. It's like when we have Jesus' view of the world, we see our values through the lens of a different timeline. And I'm telling you, values change depending on your timeline. If all you have is this moment and what you get out of this moment you will have very different values than if you know this moment is but a moment in an eternity. That'll change your values. If all you have is this moment, you've got to get everything out of it. You won't care about stomping on other people's heads. You won't care about gutting other people's lives. You won't care about throwing away other people's pleasure and story and comfort. You won't care about other people's needs. You'll only care about your own. You'll compromise integrity. You'll compromise morality. You'll do whatever it takes to get that value out of that moment, but when you have a timeline that lasts for eternity, it changes everything about your values. All of a sudden, it's not about what you get in this moment, but it's about what you give in this moment. Do you see how it changes everything? When, when you view the world through Jesus' eyes, you, you see all of your choices, not through what it does in the moment or the short term, but what it does for eternity. You have a different timeline. It would change your choices. Some of you are contemplating choices right now that could destroy your family, that could destroy your commitments, that could destroy your life, that could hurt other people. You're, right now, you're contemplating it, and you're doing it because you think, this will make my life better now, but it'll make your life disastrous in the long term. When you're viewing through Jesus' eyes, you view that choice through the lens of not this moment, but eternity and it changes your choice. When you view through Jesus' eyes, you, you view your experiences through the lens of a different timeline. I mean, if all you're thinking about is right now and how you feel right now and how life is going right now, then your experiences are being processed and the idea of God's failing me. 
God's deserted me. God's not helping me. God's betraying his promises. God's not true. God's not real. He's not worth worshiping. He's not worth pursuing because he, look, at, look at my life right now. You're interpreting everything through the wrong timeline. But when your timeline becomes like his, eternal, you start seeing those experiences not in light of just this moment, but light of eternity, and it changes how you see them. You don't have to be mad at God. You don't think he's betraying you. You don't think he's deserted you. You know he's doing something bigger than the moment because your timeline's changed. I mean, when you have Jesus' view, I'm not talking about you come to church, you sing a song, open the Bible once in a while, but I mean, when you really change your timeline, you start seeing your future through the lens of a different timeline. Too many of us only equate our, our future in terms of the life that we're living right now, but, but when you have Jesus' view, you start seeing your future way beyond the last breath you take on this planet to the eternity you're going to have with him, and it changes everything. I tell you where I learned this most profoundly. And if you've been at Northridge any amount of time, you know that you've heard me talk about my dad's death because it had such a profound impact on me and it really taught me about this. My dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 1999, told that he would die within months. He lasted six. When I found out that he was going to die, I, it was an emotional turbulence that I didn't think I had the capacity or depth to experience. It was life-defining. I mean, it messed me up. I got on a plane, so did another one of my brothers. We went down to see my dad within a 24-hour period. We walked into his hotel room where here he was, knowing he was going to die, and we were ashen, both of us. We were ashen. We were, we were beyond the capacity to react. And my dad saw us, and his first words were, you can't scare me with heaven. Okay, so why was the guy dying not scared, and his sons were distraught. <laughs> we were viewing it through a different timeline. And this is how we are in life. When you change your timeline, you, you change your life. This is exactly what happened to Paul the Apostle. He's a profound follower of Jesus, if you're newer to, to the Bible, and he he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. Look what he said in 2 Corinthians, starting verse 8 of chapter 4. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Boy, I relate to this so much. He says, look, life's not going well. It's pressing against us. It, I mean, the gravity of it and the pressure of it is just absolutely destructive. We are hard-pressed on every side. And I know what that's like. Don't you know what that's like? But I don't know what his reaction's like so much. He said, but not crushed. When I'm hard-pressed on every side, you know what? I'm feeling crushed, but not him. And then he goes, we're perplexed. And I relate to that. I am perplexed. I'm confused. What is God doing? Why is he not doing this? Why is this not going on? Look at I'm trying here, and why is this not happening? I'm so often perplexed. I know you are as well. And so was he. This is a part of humanity. But look at He said, I'm perplexed, but not in despair. What? And then he says, I'm persecuted, I'm being wrongly treated, uh, injustice is being lobbied, lodged at me and thrown at me, and yet I'm not, I'm not abandoned, I don't get mad at God, I don't think he's gone anywhere, I don't, he's not disappointing me. He goes, I'm, I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And then he throws in these five words, we do not lose heart. <laughs> we do not lose heart. That's the definition of losing heart, isn't it? Come on, be honest. Be honest about your journey. I'm trying to be honest about mine. It's like, I'm hard-pressed. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm abandoned. I'm sorry. I'm losing heart because I'm viewing it through a short timeline. Paul was able to not lose heart because he was viewing life through a different timeline. He says, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly I'm being renewed day by day for out... And I love it. He, he was really suffering facing death, and he says, our light and momentary troubles. I, this is really crazy to me. Do you know what I do? I take the little troubles that I experience in this world, and I make them into a tsunami force to whine about. Don't you? 
It's like I can take a hangnail and I can act like the whole world has fallen apart on me. And you do it too. I mean, you fill your prayers with it, you know, all that stuff. But he takes a tsunami of problems in his world that literally were threatening his very life. And he says, you know, these little light and momentary problems we're dealing with, they're nothing in comparison with the eternal glory that outweighs them all. His timeline changed and so he changed. Too many of us are changing the way we say the name Jesus Christ from one that doesn't mean good things to one that means good things. Think about it. There's some humor in that just for a moment. We change the way we say the name Jesus Christ. We say, we change the, the things we sing about and the things we do and the things we read and the things we listen to. But what doesn't change is our timeline. And so with all this Jesus talk, nothing in our life changes. And we're disappointed with God and we think he's failing us and his promises aren't coming true. And this whole God thing doesn't even work. And that's wrong. God never is able to work when I'm living for the moment. He's only able to work when I'm living for eternity. The question is, which am I living for? Which are you living for? This is a big deal. I wanted to support. There was one person going, that's good enough to clap for. And the rest of you are going, come on, let them talk. So it's like, I just wanted to support the minority here. But here's the thing. We, we have to change our timeline. And so this is what Paul said. He goes, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So this is what I'm going to do. He, he says, I'm going to change my timeline. I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When, when our timeline changes, our lives change. Why did Paul become such a profound hero of the faith? Because his timeline changed. Has yours? Why did he live a different life than I seem to and many of us seem to? It's because his timeline changed and so does ours. And so here's the application I want to give you. Here's where it can become a life-changing aspect of our world. If we're going to live well, our timeline has to change. If we're going to live well, I mean, if we're going to live the life that we long for, if we're going to live the, the life that God has planned for us and designed for us, our timeline has to change. We have to go from living for the seen to the unseen, from the temporary to the eternal. Look at how Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. He says, he says I'm just going to tell you right now because I believe my timeline is eternal and not temporary. I make it my goal to please him. I mean, my whole life, is I'm, I'm trying to live to please him, not to be comfortable, not to get what I want, not to get his, his wishes coming true in my life. I, I mean, to, to please him. And then look at how he says it. He says something very dramatic. He says, whether I'm at home in the body or away from it. Now, you need to know what he's saying. He's saying, look at my goal is to please God, whether I'm alive and well or dying or dead. If nothing's going right, my goal is to please him. If everything's going right, my goal is to please him. My goal doesn't change based upon what I'm experiencing because my goal is to please the unseen God who lives in the reality of eternity. And it changed everything. And look at, he even goes further. He goes, and you need to know, your timeline needs to change too because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to stand before God in judgment Different kinds of judgment. Those who don't believe are going to be judged on the merits of their works. Those of us who do believe in Jesus will be judged for what we did with the merit of Christ that was given to us and the forgiveness of Christ. But we're going to stand before God one day and Paul says, look at, make it your goal to please God no matter what your experience because you're going to stand before God one day and give an answer. And you're going to receive a reward from him based upon what to do you for the things you did while here on this planet, whether they were good or bad. When our timeline changes, we, we live differently. We live well. We make wise choices. When we live with an eternal perspective, regardless of our circumstances, you know, uh, doing great or dying or dead, we live according to values that are pleasing to God. Because he's the one that matters. And you know, here's what you need to know. When you live by values 
that please God, you ultimately experience the fulfillment you long for in life. When we live through the lens of the wrong timeline, then we mess up big time. Have you been messing up big time lately? Do you realize that the, the guilt and the shame and the regret of our lives always stems from living for the moment instead of eternity? I'm going to tell you, I, I carry shame and regret. Every single aspect of it comes from making choices for the moment. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was living for the seen rather than the unseen. I don't want to keep doing things that I'm ashamed of. I don't want to keep doing things that I have regret for. I don't want to keep carrying guilt, do you? Here's the good news, we don't have to because our timeline can change. And that changes how we live. But that's kind of easier to say than to do, right? Because here we are, locked in time. I don't know about you, but I'm locked into a moment where my feelings are real. I'm locked into a moment where my circumstances are real. I mean, this is what I'm, I mean, I'm in the wave-tossed turbulence of this culture. It's, it's where I am. And so it's pretty difficult for me to step out of that and, and, and live for a different timeline. Isn't it hard for you? But no, it is hard, and it gets messy, but you can do it. It's what Jesus made possible. So what I want to do with the rest of this weekend's talk before we go into worship and we have the great celebration of people being baptized is I want to give you some, yeah, I don't know another way to say this, some practical how-tos to go from living for the, from the wrong timeline, the seen, to the right timeline, the unseen, the eternal, okay? That's all, that's, I'm just trying to be clear about what I'm trying to do here. And I believe it can be profoundly life-changing to you. For our timeline to change, um, we have to begin increasing our faith. That's where we have to start. We have to begin increasing our faith. Because without faith, you're, you're not going to live for the eternal timeline because you can't see it. Without faith, you're not going to make choices for what's to come later because you don't have the ability to see it, right? And so we have to increase our faith if we're going to go from living for the seen to the unseen. Look at how Hebrews 11:6 6 says it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You'll never live to his pleasure. Remember Paul's goal? Whether I'm here or there, to please God, that's the only thing that's going to bring us fulfillment. He says, without faith, I mean, the writer here says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We, we have to believe that when I say no to something I really want in the moment, that God is going to reward me in a more profound way for that choice than I would have been rewarded in the moment. You see, when we live for an eternal timeline, we don't throw away our integrity. We don't step on others and all over others. We don't do whatever it takes to get where we want in that moment. We don't have to do that because we know God's reward is bigger than anything we'll ever experience in the moment, and it's better. It's eternal. But we have to increase our faith if we're going to live for that. So how do we increase our faith? Well, i just give you a couple of simple ways, and I hope you'll take it deeper, think about it more profoundly, go further with it in your own life. But I can tell you, if you're going to increase your faith, it starts by asking God for it. You've got to ask God for it. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't... You and I can't manufacture faith in the unseen. It has to be given to us. Doesn't matter how intelligent you are, you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around it. You, you might be the smartest person on the planet figuring out how things work in the world of the scene, but you're going to be playing the role of the fool when it comes to trying to figure out the unseen unless God gives you faith. And he even says, look at James 4 too. you do not have because you do not... Yeah, let's practice again, okay? We're live streaming with our regional campuses, and I, I think sometimes it's good to practice, right? So... Uh, uh, Celine Grosil, Brighton, join us here in Plymouth. Maybe you can shout at your computer screen if you're looking at us from somewhere around the world online. But let's do that again. You do not have because you do not. And you know what I think most of us are missing? Faith. 
That's why we live for the scene. That's why we live for the moment. That's why we live for the feeling. That's why we live for the pleasure. That's why we live for the comfort. So why don't we start asking for that? God, give me faith. If we're going to increase our faith, you need to know it only happens by spending time in God's Word. We've got to spend time in God's Word. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, three minutes a month is probably enough. I, I think we need to spend time in God's Word because look at what Romans 10, 17 says. Consequently, faith, the ability to believe the God who is unseen, claim His unseen promises, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. What we call the Bible today is God speaking His living Word to us and the more time I spend in it, the more capacity I have to hear His voice, to understand what He's saying and to start trusting Him. Can I, this is not a mean question, but it is an honest question. I mean, how many times and for how long did you open the Bible this last week? And so, were you living for the seen or the unseen? Do you see how they're connected? They are. Now, you can open the Bible four hours a day and still be living for the seen because you're not applying it, you're not living it, but... You've got to spend time in God's Word if you're going to increase faith. If you're going to increase faith so you can change your timeline, so it can change your life, you, you need to start taking steps of faith. You increase your faith by taking steps of faith. You have to step out in faith. And when you take that step by faith into something new, you realize, oh my gosh, God's promises are true. He is sustaining me. My life didn't come to an end. And then you realize I can take another step and another step. Did you know the great heroes of faith, the people who live transformed lives are the, are the people who weren't more talented than us, that, who weren't smarter than us, who weren't better than us, who didn't have more opportunities than us. They were the people who simply took more steps of faith than we did and do, and so they learned that, wow, I can trust God to hear, so I can trust God to hear, and I can trust God to hear, and all of a sudden, they're living at a level of faith that you and I can't comprehend, but they got their one step of faith at a time. If we're going to increase in faith, we've got to take the next one right now, are you? For me, the best way I see it is, and you're going to think this is so weird, but I, I see this step of faith thing through the lens of water skiing, right? I mean, it's Logical, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a water skier. I love water skiing. My parents, when I was a year and a half old, um, moved to Union Lake here in Michigan. And I, so I grew up on a lake. I don't even remember when I started skiing. It, I mean, it was like before I was conscious. <laughs> I don't know. It was like I was probably four or five and I started skiing today. I, boats used to pull me. Now I pull boats. I slalom and I love pulling boats backward and that kind of It's a lot of fun. But, but, I've watched people, I've, I've taught my kids to ski and other people to ski and I'll teach that baby that's crying to ski soon. And, uh, and then I, I also, I teach, I've, I've teaching my grandkids to ski now and it's interesting what happens, you know, what they, they, they fear it to begin with. They don't want to do it. They, they don't want to do it. They don't know how it, they don't know what it feels like and they're in this, this boat's going to pull me underwater. I'm going to die. There are probably sharks in the lake in spite of what they tell me and, you know, all this stuff's going on because they've never experienced it but it's really cool. Um, my granddaughter, her name's Nola, um, about five years old this last year, her, one of her older brothers wouldn't try water skiing, but, but she would. And so she got in the water, she had no clue, you know, by the rope, and the rope pulled right out of her hands and she went under and, and it did it again and did it again. But then all of a sudden, for the first time, just for a second or two, her skis got up on top of the water and she felt the slide before the boat pulled her underwater, you know? <laughs> And she came up and her whole attitude changed from fear and crying to going, I skied, I'm a skier. And I went, no, you're not, you suck, you're awful. I can't believe you're my granddaughter. No, I didn't say that. But, but I mean, she hadn't skied yet, but she had the feeling, she took that step, she had the feeling, and so she wanted more of that feeling, and so she got the skis to slide a little bit further and a little bit further, and then all of a sudden, this little five-year-old kid was skiing around the entire lake, and her, her older brother was sitting in the boat going, oh my gosh, I'm a loser. And so he was inspired to get in. He had all kinds of fear until he felt the skis go. And then all of a sudden he started skiing. But you know why they ski today? They ski today because they were willing to take the first step. And each step they took, they got more confident and more able. 
You know why so many of us are so bad at living for God? It's because we refuse to take the next step of faith. That's how you f increase your faith. I wish it was easier. I wish God just went, wow. I, I don't even, how, I, what did that look like? I, 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 I wish it was that easy. But it's not, yeah. Every ounce of faith I have, and it's not near what I wish it was, but every ounce of faith I have has been experienced through the messy work of being willing to take a step where I was risking falling on my face. Start taking steps of faith. Start moving forward. Because when you change your timeline, you change your life. It's a huge issue. Hebrews 10.38 says it, but my righteous one, the one who lives for me, will live by faith for the unseen, not the seen. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Who is the one who shrinks back? The one who's living for the seen. And I'm just telling you, I think very often God's looking at me and saying, I'm taking no pleasure in this. Other people might be impressed, but I'm not. Because you're living for the seen. How about you? For our timeline to change, if I'm going to get really practical, we have to begin looking for God in every circumstance. We have to begin looking for God in every circumstance. See, I don't look for God or the eternal in every circumstance if, if I'm living for a short timeline. But when I'm truly living for an eternal timeline, I'm looking for how that, that eternity relates to this moment and it changes everything. Look at Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That verse doesn't make sense until you see life through a timeline that's eternal rather than a timeline that's temporary. If you're living for a temporary timeline, then if the moment's not good, God's not good. If the moment doesn't feel like you think the promise should, then God's being He's failing you in his promises because you're living for this timeline. But when you see the timeline is eternal, you realize that though this moment is disastrous, God is able to take this disastrous moment and do something unbelievable about it. Isn't that what he did with the disastrous moment where Jesus was nailed to a cross and died? God dead on a cross and put in a tomb. Disastrous moment, but the timeline is not short. The timeline is eternal. Three days later, he came out of that tomb and it changed everything. I'm telling you, my friends, life is not built upon a moment. Life is built when we see it in light of eternity and it changes everything. I don't know what you're going through. I... I I have no idea what you're going through, but I do know this. It looks very different when you're looking at the lens of eternity and your reaction will be very different. What's your timeline? We need to start seeing everything through the lens of the eternal. I mean, it's essential. Look at what's happening in your life, every circumstance through the eternal. Life can be extremely tragic. Not all things in life are good. That verse doesn't say it. It says God can take the worst of things and turn them into good. Not all things are good and life can be tragic. But, but when you have an eternal timeline, calculate it this way. What is the percentage of 70 years of horrific experiences against eternity. If my entire life, and I live 70 years, if my entire life of 70 years is tragic and horrific, what is the percentage of that in eternity? It's inconsequential. So we have to start looking at our life through that timeline and it will change our reaction. This is what Joseph did. Joseph was a guy who was sold by his siblings into slavery. I don't know how bad your life's been, but more than likely your siblings didn't sell you into slavery. Possible. My brothers got close. But his siblings sold him into slavery. And then Joseph became the second most powerful person on the planet in a time where he could have killed them with 
absolutely no consequence. He could have tortured them. He could have destroyed them. He could have made them miserable, but he didn't. Look what he says in Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph lived well because Joseph saw the bad experiences of life through a different timeline. Can I ask you, how are you living? Paul the Apostle was a guy that was thrown in prison, talk about injustice, thrown in prison and threatened with execution, ultimately was executed, but threatened with execution for simply talking about Jesus in his world. That's exactly what was going on. Talk about wanting to be filled with anger and all that. I certainly would be. And people were saying, you must be miserable. Look what he says in Philippians 1.12. No, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what's happened to me, all this injustice, has actually served to advance the gospel. And what did Paul say his purpose was in life? to please the Father, whether things were good or things were bad. And so he says, if I'm in prison, that means God has an eternal plan that can be advanced by this. And here's the eternal plan. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, couldn't get to Caesar. So with Paul in prison, he was chained to Caesar's guards. And they were chained to him. They couldn't go anywhere. So you know what he did all day long, every day? Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, and... Some of these guards' lives were changed and it went into Caesar's palace and an impact was had that could have never been had unless Paul had been in prison. And so here's what he says. Yeah, I don't like being in prison, but let me tell you, I do like pleasing God. And here's the deal. Here in prison, I can please God. And in so doing, God's advancing the cause of Jesus in the world. Right now doesn't look so bright, but eternity looks a lot brighter. It changed everything. What are you viewing your circumstances through? Which timeline? Because this is true of us. Look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces pers perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's what he's saying. Look at, start looking at your circumstances through the lens of eternity, and you're going to have a very different view about your circumstances. And this is my, my word to you when your timeline changes. You're able to change your life. If, if your timeline's going to change, if you're, it's really going to happen, there's another principle. You have to consider the unseen consequences in everything. You have to consider the unseen consequences in everything. When, you see, when I'm living for the seen, I'm only considering the right now consequences, aren't you? But when I change my timeline, all of a sudden I'm saying, okay, consequences right now might be good or might not be good, might be pleasing or might not be pleasing, but what's the consequence in eternity for this choice, for this behavior, for what I'm doing right now? And that's where life changes. I mean, your lifestyle might be really, really good for this moment for you right now, but what's it look like in light of eternity? I think we need to look at the things we treasure through the unseen consequences in eternity. I believe a lot of us chase dreams that if and when they come true will destroy our lives. Shouldn't you know that before you chase the dream? I think it's true with our values. I think it's true with our choices we make. I think it's true with the way we treat others, with the priorities we pursue. Some of you are contemplating right now bad choices that will destroy everything that you ultimately care about. Don't do it. Because no matter how great it will be in this moment, it comes with eternal consequences that you'll eternally regret. I mean, look at Matthew 12, 36, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every useless word they've spoken. Mark 8, 36, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world? Talk about the wrong dreams, yet forfeit their soul. And so we have to look at everything through the unseen consequence lens in eternity. So let me give you two examples. The first is sin. And look, at, I know sin's not like the most popular world in our world today. I know it's, it almost sounds bizarre when someone says the word sin, but... Sin is not you being a murderer or being a felon or the worst of the worst. Sin is simply you leaving God out of your life. When you leave God out of your life, when you don't consider God in your life, it's sin because what you're doing is you're playing the role of God in your life. And that's what sin is. It causes you to live apart from his plan and disobey him. And, and you know, sin creates death in our life. You want to know what the unseen consequence is? Death. 
Because God's the only source of life. You can't do it without him. Hey, look at Romans, if you would. Chapter 3, it says, there is no one who does good, not even one, of course not. When you live for the seen, you're always going to make the wrong choices. Then it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Of course no one's experiencing the fullness of their God-given potential because they're living for the moment and their life's supposed to be eternal. And it says, the wages of sin is death. You're living without God, the only source of life. Stop blowing it. You might think you're awesome without God, but look at you are nothing but empty and a mist. I mean, you need God in order to experience the fullness of who you are because you weren't made for the moment, you were made for eternity. So let's look at the other side of this. And on the opposite side from sin is faith. And so what's the unseen eternal consequence of faith? Well, everything changes. Look at Jesus in John 6:40. For my Father's will, you want to experience the great plan of God in your life? is that everyone who looks to the Son, who looks to Jesus, everyone who puts their faith in him, faith in Jesus, will have eternal life, and I'll raise them up at the last day. No matter what your experience is on this planet, when you put faith in Jesus, here's the unseen eternal consequence. An eternity with God. An eternity experiencing life as it was meant to be experienced. An eternity in a place where there aren't tears, as the Bible says, and there isn't darkness, and there isn't agony, and there isn't betrayal, and there isn't disappointment. So which should you choose? Faith. That's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is so important. Look at what it says. It says very, very clearly, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith, but this isn't something you work out on your own. It's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Here's, here's the thing. If you're going to experience life as it was intended, you need God to give you faith. And then with that faith, you need to trust Jesus because that changes your eternity, changes everything about life. So just before I give you my last thought and we go to worship and baptism, would you bow with me in a word of prayer just for a moment? And as we bow in prayer, if you're, if you're already a person of faith, I challenge you to be thinking through whether you're living for the seen or the unseen. And like me, I think you'll have to talk to God about some things. But if you're here and you don't yet know Jesus, won't you take this first step of faith with me? I mean... Just in your heart, take the words that I'm going to pray and make them your words to God and let him just change you. Just quietly in your heart say, Jesus, I, I'm going to right now take the step of believing in you. I believe that you died on the cross so that my sin could be forgiven. And I believe you rose again so that I could have new life. And so, in this moment by faith, I'm confessing my sin and my guilt and I'm receiving your forgiveness and new life and I'm doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I give you the last thoughts and we celebrate baptism and worship, if you just prayed with me, would you let me know? In our services in Celine and Grosseal and Brighton here in Plymouth, we give you these programs and inside is a connection card. Just fill it out and Check off one of the boxes. One says you prayed for the first time to receive Jesus. The other says you're renewing your faith. Check the one that's relevant for you and then put it in the, the little boxes right outside of each exit door, would you? And throw it in there. And we want to send you a Bible and some next steps for you to take in your journey with God. And if you're watching online, hit the what next button and we'll do the same exact thing for you. I also want to encourage you uh, with this series because we want to help you go deeper and, and consider more things with it. Every Wednesday at 12.15, I'm doing a Facebook Live. And uh, for those of you who have been with us, thanks. And I know this last weekend it didn't start at 12.15. We had technology problems, and I really appreciate all the encouragement and good words you gave us when we came in late. That was very, very nice. Um, we had a bunch of gifts going like, you know, this kind of thing, but uh, we couldn't help it. There were some technology problems. But if you'll show up and be a part of this Facebook Live thing, we're going beyond the talk into deeper things and we're answering your questions. Share it with everybody. Let's make that be a growing community because this is an important issue and we'd love to see you Wednesday, 1215. Just go to Pastor Brad Powell on Facebook. Like me or follow me because I'm really needy and I want you all to like me. That's not what it's all about. It's that way it'll come onto your screen and we'll go forward together. Here's the last thought. For our timeline to change... We have to begin living for our eternal purpose rather than our present pleasure. 
If you're going to live for the unseen reality of eternity instead of the seen realities of this moment, you have to stop pursuing present pleasure and you have to start pursuing eternal purpose. And you have one. Romans 8:29. God wants us to conform to the likeness of his son. You know what your purpose is? It's not to experience this moment with all the pleasure you can have. It's to use this moment to become like Jesus and in so doing, you will experience pleasure. Do you see that? Look at Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has purpose for us, but we miss it because we're living for the moment. Let's change the timeline. As we learn from Jesus' story about the rich fool early on in this talk, when we live for the scene, it's impossible to live well. When we live for the wrong timeline, we will play the fool in our lives. But if we live for the unseen, the eternal, we can live well. So here's my question for you. Where are you playing the fool these days? Where are you living without consideration for God, living in sin, living outside of God's best for your life? Because this week, you can change everything. This week, let's change our timeline and in so doing, change our lives. And this is what we're going to celebrate right now. We're going to experience a ton of people stepping out by faith to be baptized, not because they want to be on a stage in a church getting dunked in water and coming out, but because they want to take a step deeper into the reality that Jesus is more important than any reality, and we're going to experience them stepping into it now. And I'm so excited about this weekend for this thing. And I just want to encourage you, as you're watching these baptisms, at the top of our video screens will be a quote from each of the people being baptized to that moment, expressing their heart in this moment as they get baptized. And then at the same time, we're going to be worshiping God together. And I think nothing goes better together than worshiping the God that changes lives while people are celebrating that life change by following him. And so worship God, whistle and celebrate them, and together God will hear that as a celebration that brings him great pleasure. Let's celebrate today.